Welcome back to BetQL Daily. Aaron Hawksworth, Nick Ashu, Jim Rodriguez with you. Um, the Joes are on vacation, but we are so excited to talk with Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Um, welcome to the show, Brad. I have to start with the news. Julio Jones is now joining Tom Brady and all his other weapons with the Buccaneers. I'm curious your reaction on this. Yeah, I think the craziest thing was yesterday we got an indication Chris Godwin was healthy, would not start training camp on the pup list, and then half an hour later they still added Julio Jones to the roster. So, I mean, four great wide receivers. He's not the same Julio Jones of old, has had those hamstring issues slow him down, but yeah, just a crazy top four wide receivers for Tom Brady in Tampa. Yeah, and what type of expectations can we now expect from somebody like him? I mean, we talk about how stacked – all of that, you know, the long list of weapons is for Tom Brady. We know Julio Jones isn't who he used to be, but what type of role could we expect for him now down there in Tampa? You know, he's a great fit because he is a good run blocker and can play outside in the X and occasionally kick in on, in the slot if they wanted to maybe have him playing a little bit of that Chris Godwin role early in the season if they want to keep him on the bench for the first couple of weeks. But I think he's just kind of all over. And, and essentially, if an injury happens, you already have a great fill-in replacement there. I don't know if he's going to light the world on fire, but also a big body down the red zone. I know he gets made fun of for not scoring a ton of touchdowns, but maybe that changes and he is targeting some jump balls You know, once they get into the red zone as well. Hey, Brad. Jim Rodriguez here. We were talking about tiers in terms of quarterbacks, who belongs in tier one, tier two, et cetera. What quarterback do you think this year is going to take a big jump and, 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 really, and really distinguish himself? Probably not a, a difficult pick, but, you know, if I wanted to look at those rookies from last year, I do think Trevor Lawrence, his fit with Doug Peterson, the new head coach, is a phenomenal fit. The offensive line in Jacksonville is not great, but it's not terrible. It shouldn't hold him back too much. And then you, know, you bring in a bunch of weapons. You get a healthy Travis Etienne, his Clemson teammate back. Obviously, Christian Kirk signed a contract that was maybe a little bit too big for how you know productive he's been so far <laughs> in his career. But, you know, of him, Marvin Jones, you know, LaVisca Chenault still in the fold. So I, I think he just does have the potential to, in a true, you know, NFL system with an actual head coach that treats his players like adults, uh, as they said yesterday, I think we could see him show some of what made him this generational prospect. Well, while we're talking about those rookies from last season, I wanted to ask you about Mac Jones because we never hear Bill Belichick praising anyone Never Tom Brady, and here he is. I'm I'm seeing quotes like tremendous strides and dramatic improvement. Is this just, you know, uh, Bill Belichick hyping up his quarterback? Is this a mental thing, or are you buying into this? No, like you said, we never see that. In fact, he usually does it when he's hyping up an opponent uh, and kind of gaslighting and, and maybe, you know, trying to inflate their heads a little bit before the game and then, and then pick that player apart and, and attack them you know, the, the following week. So, no, I think that was a really legitimately, you know, noteworthy thing for Bill Belichick to say, to really praise the work ethic and how he's lost some weight and, and how ahead of schedule he is and how he's going to be even better in this offense. Obviously losing Josh McDaniels to the Las Vegas Raiders, and now it looks like Matt Patricia is the offensive coordinator. You better hope Mac Jones takes strides. But I don't take those comments lightly because when other coaches say it, maybe you, you brush it off and say, yeah, he's just kind of, you know, gassing up his guys. When Bill Belichick says it, I think it is meaningful. So I'm looking at the rest of that AFC East, and the Bills are obviously the heavy favorite, minus 225 to win, and rightfully so. To me, I see the, the, the best team in the NFL. Uh, the Dolphins, the Patriots, 
both plus 450 to win, which is crazy to see the Patriots and Dolphins have the same odds to win the division. Then there's the Jets all the way at the bottom at 22 to 1. And there's a lot of hype. Zach Wilson and his, you know, who he dates uh, aside. <laughs> do you buy into the Jets' improvement at all, Brad, in terms of what they did this offseason and that translating into something that's more than just, you know, a three or four win team from them? It's so tough because I think it does ultimately come down to Zach Wilson almost entirely. But if you look at the last couple mm-hmm. off seasons they've had, I mean, it is on paper a pretty talented roster at almost every position group. I mean, I think their tight end group was maybe the worst in the NFL last year. They had two tight ends that actually had more receiving yards than the entire tight end room collectively had for the Jets last season. Obviously, you bring in Garrett Wilson, so you have a legitimate trio at wide receiver with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. The offensive line, if Mekhi Becton can get healthy, you have him and George Fant at tackle. You bring in Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers, who has familiarity in this system with Michael Floor and their time spent together in San Francisco. I'm kind of just naming every position group, but, you know, Carl Lawson tore his Achilles last year, their edge rusher. He apparently looks great in camp. You also add Jermaine Johnson in the first round. So I won't name every single player. I didn't even mention, you know, Sauce Gardner. On paper, it's a good, good (laughs) team on both sides of the ball. But ultimately, A, I'm not sure I'm a Zach Wilson believer. And then B, just this AFC is such a gauntlet, not only in the AFC East, but just the whole conference, you know, in its entirety. But on paper, they do have talent. Brad, I'm down in Miami. And, of course, we are just shuddering. Uh, at, at, at Tua. Every time we see him, Tyreek Hill keeps putting pressure, saying he'd take Tua over Pat Mahomes, which which he should be saying that stuff. You got you got you got to pump up your guy. Dolphins eight and a half is the number. Regular season wins. Is is this the year Tua takes them over, or are they going to have to start over again? I mean, this team is hugely talented, and everything is pointing at QB one. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's funny you mentioned. I-, I feel like Tyreek Hill is doing him no favors by continuing to say he's you know the most accurate quarterback in the NFL <laughs> and he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Like maybe just say nothing. He the guy has enough pressure on him already. Um, you know, I think it was very notable when they made their trade for Tyreek Hill. They refused to give up the 2023 extra first round pick they had. So they still have two first next year, and I think that is notable because I think it suggests to me. Look, we're going to let Tua get a full opportunity. We do think Brian Flores was not a good influence on the offense and on Tua Tagovailoa in his development. So we're going to bring in Mike McDaniel, who's this player-friendly, happy-go-lucky guy that can maybe maximize his talents and everything. But if it doesn't go well, we want to make sure we can maybe trade up for a quarterback if we have to with that extra first-round pick. I think that was part of the calculation there for sure. You know, since you mentioned Tyreek Hill, I'm curious what you think about the Chiefs. Because when I look at the odds, there's just not a lot of value. Third favorite to win the Super Bowl, second favorite in the AFC. And then they're in an extremely difficult division as well. What do you make of this Chiefs team? It seems like they got a little bit worse on paper, but I'm curious what you expect out of Kansas City. Yeah, I agree there's no value in the betting markets, um, but I, I really do think we're starting to underrate them a little bit and just, yes, Tyreek Hill was a massive part of their offense, and not only what he did himself, but just his ability to open up opportunities for other players. But, you know, I like Sky Moore, their second-round rookie-wide receiver draft pick. I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is, I'd say, a bit underrated. You know, I heard that last year in camp in Green Bay, 
He was lighting the world on fire. Aaron Rodgers was talking him up a bunch in interviews. And then he just had another kind of nagging injury situation, which I guess is possible again. But he had that three-year, $30 million contract for a reason, even though he lacked production with, you know, the back-to-back MVP. And I think it's because there is a lot of talent there, and people have seen things in practice that just need to translate over to the actual, you know, games on Sunday. So if they rattle off 13 wins, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think there's obviously no value there, but I do. I think people are starting to sleep on them, and I think they have a lot of, you know, billboard material and, and bulletin board material that they're pointing to to motivate them as well. You know, Brad, the one thing that we've talked about so much this offseason has been, and rightfully so, the AFC. Not just the AFC West, but the AFC as a whole. There's a lot of quarterback talent there, a lot of young talent. If you swing over to the NFC, we got teams like the Cowboys, the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, all division winners last year, all expected to get back in the playoffs with maybe Philadelphia and the Cardinals having playoff expectations in there too. But it's clear that the NFC is much more top-heavy than the AFC is right now. Is there any team that you look at, what they did this offseason, or maybe just the trajectory of what they've built over the last couple of years, that you look at in the NFC and say, not getting enough attention and could sneak into the playoffs and surprise people this year in the NFC. Yeah, I would caveat and say I don't think either team is a true contender, but I think the Minnesota Vikings are a playoff football team. I think you could probably make the argument they should have torn things down and not tried to be a playoff football team and sneak in as a wild card and probably lose in the first round, maybe you know win one game. But I view them as that. I think they're a 9-10 win football team that maybe surprised us on wild card weekend, and that's probably where the journey ends. And then I mentioned this on this show, and I think Washington is under the radar. I mean, they are a good football team, again, on paper. Yes. You obviously <laughs> need to see it on Sundays. But, you know, I think the Carson Wentz narrative has gone a bit too far. He is not a world beater, but compared to Taylor Heineke and the shell, the corpse of Alex Smith, he is a significant upgrade at quarterback for Washington. They have a good offensive line. They have good weapons. The defense vastly underperformed last year. And Chase Young sounds like he's not going to be ready for week one, but will be back eventually. I just think they're, they're, they're a wild card team on paper. Not even if everything goes right. Just it's kind of some things break their way. Oh, boy. Well, I Nick and I are in that. Washington. I yes. just saw a picture of training camp. There was all of three fans there. So I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what, so. what to make of this. <laughs> well, let's ask about it. another team, a former Washington quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He has a new head coach. We all know Zimmer did not like the guy. Do you think the Vikings could do something special this year? I do. Yeah, no, I think they're a playoff team. And like I said, I don't know if they really, that was probably the smart route for them to go, but you know, I think Justin Jefferson and Phelan are still one of the better wide receiver duos in the NFL. Uh, I think this defense, you add to Darius Smith to come off the edge. You've got to get a healthy Daniil Hunter. And that's been a challenge the last several years, but on paper, they have talent. And I like their additions in the draft to the secondary and Lewis Cena now playing safety opposite Harrison Smith could be a really great <clears throat> safety duo on the back end. They have the pieces there. I just, where I struggle is once you're playing a good team in the playoffs, I just don't see them winning that football game, but I think they'll win the games on their schedule that they're supposed to win. I, I bet they're over eight wins when it drops. I bet them uh, even money to make the playoffs when it drops. And also in part, just because we talked about it, this NFC conference just has so many awful teams and I don't think they fall into that mm-hmm. bucket. Brad, I want to talk about the 49ers. Uh, they they made the decision yesterday to go with Trey Lance. Jimmy G's obviously on the way out. Where do you see the 49ers? I mean, they were a win away from the Super Bowl. Is is Trey Lance the guy? I mean, where 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 can we expect the 49ers to end up? 
you know, there are going to be growing pains week to week, but I think the ceiling is just so much higher, you know, as a thrower, just with arm strength and his natural arm ability and also the legs. I mean, the guy had 143 rushing yards in his one college game in 2020. Jimmy Garoppolo had 172 rushing yards in five years in San Francisco. So you think about the ways Kyle Shanahan can use his legs and threaten defenses with, you know, they already run so much play action and boot rollouts and all these things. You're not doing that with an actual athlete. Uh, you know, no offense to Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, I, I do. I think the ceiling is so much higher that maybe if he gets a lot of those growing pains and rookie mistakes, if you want to call it that, early in the season, and they, again, just like last year, kind of get hot at the right time and start playing good football and the defense takes over games, I do. I think the ceiling is just so, so much higher. You obviously got to see the growth. The guy has, hasn't really played football at all in two years now, so shake off some of that rust. But I, I just think that they can do so much more and, and stress defenses in so, in so many different ways with him under center. All right, we're talking about NFL MVP. We saw Aaron Rodgers and his uh, amazing transformation yesterday at training camp. He's not going to win it again, but where do you see the value um, if you wanted to do an MVP bet today? You know, I think we talked about Justin Herbert last time I was on, and again, kind of an obvious pick, not not really the, the sexiest pick around, but I, I think it is just, it's a year where, you know, he pushes a team that has struggled to make the playoffs back into the fold. They have a loaded you know, roster, but I think he would get a lot of the credit there and we'll put up a lot of those flashy numbers. You know, I, I think we've talked about this a lot in fantasy football where you, when you're picking teams or picking players, I should say, you want tough matchups because then the guy's going to throw the ball more. So we talk about that gauntlet mm -hmm. AFC West. I mean, Herbert's going to have to be throwing late into fourth quarters of games because he's got to beat the Raiders, Chiefs, and Broncos a bunch of times. So I love him as a pick. I, I think it's very possible. And I guess Josh Allen as well, same scenario. Got to play, you know, some tough games in the AFC East and the AFC at large. I would pick someone in the AFC because iron sharpens iron, and you're going to have to be playing late into football games. You're not going to get in polls in the third quarter in pretty much any AFC game, save for maybe against, you know, the Jaguars and Texans. All right, only got about a minute here, but if I'm looking at the market right now for the team with the worst record in the NFL, who is the most logical bet to take? <laughs> I think it's the Atlanta Falcons by a country mile. Yep. I think this is the worst yes. roster in the NFL, maybe on both sides of the ball. Like, I think there's an argument they have the worst offense and worst defense in the NFL. You know, I think Marcus Mariota, maybe you argue maybe he's better than some rookies or second-year second guys, but has just not been able to stay healthy in any form or fashion the last several years. The offensive line is not going to do many favors. Jalen Mayfield, you know, is a sieve up front and is going to get the guy killed just like he got Matt Ryan killed all last year. And then their defense – yeah, they have a good corner duo in A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward. But beyond that, it's you know relatively devoid of talent. Grady Jarrett is a great guy up front in the interior. But, uh, yeah, I think they could be a 2-3-4 win football team. Awesome. Brad Spielberger of PFF. He's also a contributor to OverTheCap.com. Phenomenal guest. Thank you for joining us. We love your insight. And how about that? The Commanders. Mm. Yes. You had to feel good about that, Nikashu. Let's go. <laughs> They'll let me down somehow. They'll let me down somehow. They always they always do. So I try not well, to. You know, know, I friend zone them, Aaron. You know my rule. Friend zoning. I friend zone my teams. Friend zone. I don't let them let me down and hurt my feelings emotionally anymore. Yeah. You, and also, when it comes to gambling, you can't bet on your teams either, right? That's kinda, No, never. Or you no, got to no, take no, your emotions no. out of it for sure. Right. For sure. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into the MLB card. Ooh, I can't wait for this. Um, 
The Subway series continues. Which underdogs are going to win again? Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Um, 11-15 MLB card. That's next.